Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. I am so glad to have you here. My name is Tom Stevens, your very own psychotherapist here in Houston, Texas, bringing you a show like no other because it's a chance to have your hour about all topics that are you, your family, raising children, couples, marriage, everything's on the table. But today it's a really cool follow-up to last week because we've got a topic that's talking all about boys, raising boys in today's world. And let me tell you, I have some parents lined up today who are going to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, as a therapist in this world for the last 20 years, I've seen a lot of different stories pop up with families and situations raising children. And boys definitely are different than girls. We spoke last week about girls and how, you know, the raising and the nurturing of them and the confidence of them was so important and fathers being, you know, in their life and active was so important. Well, today we're going to talk about girls. I'm sorry, we're going to, that was girls yet last week. We're going to talk about boys and we're going to find a advice and direction with how to do the best job possible raising your sons, whether they're two or 22 or 32 and still in the home. That's right, because some of them are. It's okay. We're going to get there today, y'all. So here I'm going to give you some numbers. I want you to write them down because if you want to ask a question, if you want to give a comment, if you like or don't like something I say or one of the callers or guests says, then feel free to call in. Get your pen out call straight from your cell phone. It is area code 347-838-9737. Once again, area code 347-838-9737. If you just want to listen on your phone, you can. If you want to to me, then you hit the number one when you call in. 347-838-9737 is the number. Okay. Also, Check out the website, tomstevens.us. That's got all information to us. It will help you link to everything that is Tom Stevens. One huge announcement that we have for today, everybody, huge, big, breaking announcement is Tom Stevens. The practice we have here with the interns, the uh, licensed people we have, the play therapy we do, we now have our very own app, believe it or not. Yes, we do. We have Everybody, it's taken a long time, but let me tell you, it is finally here. It's almost to the Apple Store. 
but it's already out at the Play Store. So if you have an Android phone and you have the Play Store where you get your apps, go there, search under Tom Stevens, and download the app. It has phenomenal things from describing what we do in our practice to an Ask the Expert section where you can submit your own questions to find out the answer to your life, your family, totally anonymous, which is really cool. It has a video section where we're going to be posting videos about families, couples, raising children. It even has a section that allows you to now schedule an appointment if you want to get in and see the available time. So it has everything needed, pictures of our office, where we do the therapy that we do. And anyway, long story short, it's just a pretty cool thing. So go to the Play Store, download that app when you get a chance, and pass it on to your friends. But on to today's topic about raising sons, y'all. I'm telling you, it is quite the thing because I could sit here probably and just talk myself, having two boys myself, no girls. I've said I've wanted a girl forever. My wife knows that. But let me tell you, I kind of think raising boys is easier. Now, I know I'm going to get a lot of feedback from that in the other direction maybe, but I don't know. I've got... Two boys, they're 12 and 9, about to be this summer, 13 and 10. And it just, I don't know if I've pains and the struggles that, that people with daughters have. I, I don't know. Maybe that just waits for the teenage years. But my first guest today, Robin, who's going to be on the air, has uh, you know unique situation with a son, and she has phenomenal parenting advice for you to be able to learn about. And, you know, as I bring her on, Robin, why don't you describe to the general public out there what your son-raising history has been? Go for it. Okay. Hi, Tom. Good to talk with you. Good to Can talk you hear to me you. Right? Oh, yeah. You sound good. Great. Well, um, I've been a single parent for 13 years, and my son is just about to turn 17, and uh, I'm, I was also the step-parent of a, of a girl who is now 28 and a mother of herself. And so, um, I've, you know, there have been some challenges for sure, but uh, I think the key thing is that I didn't quite expect to be single this long <laughs> and, and raising him completely on my own. Uh, but, uh, you know, so far so good, and I'm, I've been real pleased with, with, you know, with him as a young man, and I'm, I'm, I'm very biased, of course, but whenever I meet his teachers or even some of his peers, especially some girls, I'm surprised when they tell me how, how mannerly he is, and uh, um, I, it makes any parent proud to hear that, especially from a teacher when they're complete strangers. Yeah, so here's my first question. You've hit on several points already, Robin. One is single parenting. The other is step parenting. And the last being the whole idea of moms raising their boys. You see articles all the time about it. I was reading them yesterday about whether or not a mother being around their son all the time makes them more, I guess, emasculated or not as manly. Um, you've mentioned having a very well-mannered, good, character-driven son. So what is your theory on the whole idea of mothers being around their sons more than, let's say, dads? Well, I, I think both parents are very important and probably bring 
different things to the table. But I myself, uh, my father died when I was two, and though I had a stepfather for a few years, I feel like I didn't grow up with a father in the household for the most part. And um, so it's hard for me to know, with all due respect, everything that a father can bring to the table because I didn't experience it personally and I didn't experience it in my own, you know, married life, uh, which was short. So I, I will say this, that, you know, it's very much about um, they watch everything you do and it's about example and communication um, and I think one of the things I say all the time is you have to treat people the way you want to be treated. And that's kind of my mantra with, with my son. Um, and, and just trying to stay open with communication. You know, he'll talk to me about quite a few things, and I'm surprised sometimes. And then there's moments where I can't really give him the right advice, and I, you know, I wish he had a male mentor and I often, you know, say, hey, is it time to go see Tom? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because he, you are such a, a, a great um, sounding board. And often, as I joked, we all need a tune-up to uh, maybe just get permission to know that what we're doing is what we need to be doing when it yeah. comes to okay. challenges in life. Okay, so let me know this. What is the most, you said challenges, challenging thing you feel like, 17-year-old now, almost out of the home, challenging experience of just raising a son in today's world? Uh, I think, um, well, you know, it's kind of a broad question. Uh, well, you I want think, me to narrow it down for you? Yeah, narrow it down. So that I okay. could just if, talk 20 minutes if, on just <laughs> Yeah, I know it's a lot. But what about okay? It could be peer pressure and just trying to fit in. It could be, you know, athletic ability or talent in certain area. It could be girls and being able to kind of weave through that, you know, mm-hmm. emotional turmoil of adolescence. What do you think the most challenging? Like, oh man, this is taking me to the limit. Like we talked about last week with girls. You know, there are certain points where it's like. This is beyond me raising a boy. I just uh, I'm lost. My wife says that at different times. Like <laughs> I don't know what well, to do. Well, I I grew up with four sisters, and ironically, between us, we have eight sons, and I have my stepdaughter, and that's a lot of boys. So I feel like I pretty much raised boys already, having been so involved <laughs> with my nephews. So, um, but but I think in some ways, one of the challenging. It's just keeping them level and keeping their self-esteem up and keeping them communicating because they tend to not if maybe communicate as and express themselves emotionally the way girls do. I mean, uh, I think I was very surprised that my son and his friends were, would cry. And I, I just thought, boy, wow, that's, I didn't expect that. But we, we honor that. We honor them expressing themselves emotionally, I think, more than when I was growing up. And I'm in my 50s. And I think that that, um, that being comfortable with themselves and confident and expressing themselves emotionally is probably been the hardest thing is to keep that, you know, that level high because they're being inundated with a lot of negative um, um, cues from social media and media in general. Uh, there's a lot of bullying, um, you know, and I think it, it just it, – it, it's frantic, and then, you know, just 
being made to feel bad about themselves, just in, in a similar way to girls, but but uh, maybe they don't have the same outlets as girls to express that sometimes. So to me, that's right. the, probably the biggest challenge is keeping the emotional level, the emotions level and that open communication to where they express what those emotions are and what they're going through. Because I can't na- help them navigate it if I don't know what it is, what's going on. Right. And you have experience, I guess, with friends and other people who have girls also. So, and and having raised one, what do you? Which one's harder for you, girls, boys, raising in general? Well, I would have to say, um, you know, my stepdaughter came into my life when she was nine, and she's still in my life, and she's a wonderful lady, young lady, and such such a star. She was never. You know, we just had an instant connection. Uh, so I don't, I don't know that she was tougher to raise because I wasn't there the whole time of her high school. I, but I really um, think I, we were fortunate. I know other friends with their daughters have had much more difficult times, especially in the teenage years. And what I've seen a lot with um, quite a few of my my close friends who I always believed had strong marriages have been mm-hmm. a lot of discord when their their daughters and sons have gotten into the late teen years and where mom and dad are not on the same page and it's causing a lot of marital problems, uh, where they're not supporting mm. one another. I've seen a lot of that. And some marriages haven't lasted. I've been shocked. And it, and it sounds terrible to say, but I've often felt kind of blessed that I don't have to deal with that. You know, I'm a single parent, so at least the decisions I'm making, I'm not... Um, undermined in any way uh, uh, in my own life. So I hate to say that. Very often, there are very often times I tell parents that uh, together and single parents that it is better to have consistency in doing the same thing over and over, even if it's not the best all the time, than it is to have, you know, two people who have actually their own philosophy going at it with each other. You're right. It's very often better to just have one stream of consistency. So it's a good point. But, but I would say at the same time that a big challenge for me, being a single parent, is that there's no one here, there's no checks and balance, there's no one here, you know, right. calling out when I'm doing something that maybe isn't appropriate or isn't helpful to the situation because I'm not perfect. And I, I know there have been times where I've regretted something I've said or done that, that you know, it wasn't ideal to the situation to help help my child. Well, that brings up a good point because, <clears throat> excuse me, what I was going to ask you was you've got a 17-year-old son now. So going back and you see somebody with a 4-year-old son today in 2014, what is your wisdom, Robin, to these young parents today trying to raise children or a son, let's just take boys, in today's world, what do you think you could shed light on for them that maybe they don't already have? Um, well, I would keep them. Um, I think I would. I if I could go back, I would try to decrease the amount of, of electronics and um, uh, and increase the amount of family time because I think it's very easy to get separated, uh, even everyone can be living in the same home, but just because you're in the same physical space doesn't mean you're really there together. And mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of distractions. And I think I would try to do a better job with the distractions of that. Um, I think that, that you know, I, 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 as a single parent, had to depend a lot on community and uh, uh, my, my neighbors to help me, you know, raising my son in a sense. Um, I think everyone has to do that essentially. And uh, I just think it's important that, you know, you create your own traditions, whatever they are, and um, and then just try to, to interact and keep your, 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 your children maybe more involved kind of one-on-one with kids. Because what really bothers me about the electronics is I think it's, it's, not, it's not communication. You know, the young people today, they don't know how to communicate one-on-one. They know how to do a text, but they don't, do well communicating one-on-one, and, and I don't think that's positive. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a great word, Robin, was distractions. And I think mm-hmm. in today's world, at least to me, having, you know, like I've talked about therapy over the last 20 years, having seen things change, distractions really are more today. I don't think people understand how many distractions there are today, and that can be you know, social media, that can be the fact that our world and our restaurants and our stores and everything is open all the time now. That can be that athletics are all the time now. They used to have Sundays off, and we used to not do a lot of things today that we, um, yesterday that we do today. And so it's a perfect point about we need to manage those distractions and not let them take over. It's one advice I've given, bit of advice I've given to parents a lot, which is just can doesn't mean you should. And so we can do a lot of things, but we have to really measure what we should. And having that peer support group has got to help you with that. Absolutely. Um, uh, One of the traditional things we did for many years until my son got a little too old to want to do it anymore is we found a little little, uh, retreat in Fredericksburg that was about 20 miles out of Fredericksburg, and it had three cabins on this, it's called Quiet Hill Ranch. I highly recommend it. With three little cabins in a lodge, and there's no radio, there's no TV, you can't really. There's no cell reception, and we just would have a weekend. And often we would have friends stay in the other cabins, and uh, we often went up there for Easter, and we'd do a little egg hunt and all that the next morning. And it was really a blast. And the kids would do, you know, could horseback ride and pick up the eggs from chickens, but just those little traditions and just barbecuing together and playing games in the lodge and swimming in the little pool. It was so enjoyable, and there were no distractions. And then we'd go climb Enchanted Rock. I mean, we just did things like that that weren't, you know, readily expensive, but but, but were out in nature and, and were fun. And, uh, and But almost always, you know, because it was just me and um, – as a parent, and you know, our family was basically a parent and a child because my stepdaughter is so much older. We would have to, I would always have other families around that we were close to that had boys the same age. Yeah, Robin, you mentioned such a cool thing that is almost foreign in today's world. You know, when people go, when youth go on youth trips or mission trips or camps away, and there is this no cell phone. Uh, rule that's imposed. It is a it's an outrage to the youth of today, <laughs> and I think almost two days later, when kids are away, they're like, "Wow, we're actually playing and having fun." But but I think what parents don't realize today, the young parents, let's say the twenty-something parents, 
is that that's actually, you take you and I, having grown up, that's actually the way that we grew up. You, you go away and you go away. There weren't electronics, and children today, I think, have a really hard time understanding there was a day when there was not the technology, and so it's actually harder today to unplug yourself from it, but a, but the de- generation that can appreciate it is actually disappearing now. So, right. <clears throat> <laughs> Robin, tell me your last bits of words before we go on today. And, and gosh, you've, you've already taken all my notes. So um, you've said some great points about distractions and uh, peer support groups with other parents and, and just being patient, admitting when you're wrong and knowing how to be flexible, all these things. Anything else you want to say to the listeners today? Well, um, I think that, uh, uh, you know, praising your 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 children is important when they do something good and um and really just keeping a um kind of a tight rein on what what's going on and who they're seeing and you know it, it, I know a lot of this is supposedly determined by a very young age uh, a lot of the principles of, of one's inner being um so those first I think five years are probably pretty critical, and then after that, it's, I don't want to say it's maintenance, because <laughs> there's always these challenges, but yeah. I know those first years are really, really important. And yeah. um, I had a friend tell me, I want to say one more thing, a, 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 a dear friend who had older children than I did, she informed me, she goes, you know, Robin, um, I felt so guilty being a working parent, and of course, being single, I had no choice, but she said, you really need to be there more when they're in middle school and high school because you really have to know, really be on top of things and know who their friends are and those parents and what they're doing. And that was very true. So I, I, um, it's almost like the beginning and the last have been the, the most important um, years from a parental um, um, oversight is how I'd put it. And um, I, just, I just would say, you know, don't, don't, miss, don't get misled that once they're – in their middle school and early high school, that it's kind of like downhill. It's not. <laughs> yes. It's, That's a really good point. It, yeah. it's, you've it, really got you to know, going and going and going. Robin, thanks so much for being on. What a great start to the show today. Thanks for your all your tips, advice, everything. Thank you, Tom. All right, Robin, take care. That is Robin, everybody. Beautiful. Great advice. Good tips. We're going to move on now to a dad. I wanted to shift from moms to dads so that we could get kind of the feedback from a male's perspective of what it's like to raise a boy because, believe it or not, it is different when you're talking about men versus women and uh, sometimes good, sometimes not. Michael, you there? Yes, sir. Hi, Tom. Oh, good to hear from you. Tell me or tell everybody out there the makeup of your family, family, children involved, all that stuff, so they at least get a feel for it, ages. You bet. So my wife and I have two boys. We have a 10 and a 13-year-old. The boys uh, very different. And then uh, we both are working parents, but uh, very involved and, and keeping them involved in various different activities and trying to balance not doing too much, but making sure they are uh, healthily occupied. So you are in the midst or the throes, I guess I should say, of adolescence with both <laughs> here. So tell me, tell Very much people, because so. 
Boy, there's a lot of people raising this age of boys today. Okay, compared to how you grew up, tell everybody the toughest thing about raising boys because I don't think we get a real clear picture of what it's like to have an adolescent boy. Um, And just because we grew up that way doesn't mean it's easy to raise them. It's a whole new world. So what are your biggest challenges today with them? Well, Tom, it, I got to say it, it's uh, it is a very different world. I grew up as an only child, so the, the, my, my wife grew up a sibling. So the sibling dynamic is a whole interesting world for me. And I grew up in, in the woods and backcountry with neighbors half mile away type thing versus living in suburbia, which I think has its own interesting, unique challenges. So what I did as a kid is just not really an option for for my boys. Uh, my wife and I often joke that were our parents just foolish or was the world that different? You know, we need to just disappear for eight hours at a time roaming around and then, and not, it is no big deal. But you know, when you're, you're on 20 acres, no one really seems to worry about it. You don't worry about, you know, stranger danger or any of that kind of stuff. So for us, that's one issue. My wife kind of grew up in upstate New York, a little bit out in the country too. But specifically for adolescents, I, I think the prior caller talked about it. Electronics are always an interesting challenge. Uh, we try to have some pretty balanced rules at our house between my wife and I on, on how much time they can spend on. They have to earn, they have to do things uh, to earn time to be on, what that looks like, and we, we try hard to monitor that. That in this day and age is probably one of the single biggest challenges As outside of maybe the peer group that they're in and, and making sure you have a firm understanding of who the friends are, what's going on, what, what if the interests are. Uh, Danielle and I take turns trying to uh, talk to the boys together individually, sometimes you know, subtly sneaking up on them to figure out, okay, uh, in a conversation we'll, we'll sidle alongside and, oh, so how's this going? What's going on here? Tell me about this. What's the, what's the word in school these days? And uh, those kinds of things. That's what I was going to ask you. Is are they growing up with any more peer pressure today than than previous generations, or is it exactly the same as when you and I grew up? Fascinating question. I, it's I, it would seem that there's more, or maybe it's that it's earlier. I think that would probably. I don't know that I see more peer pressure on my kids, but I do see. It happening earlier. I don't remember at 13 dealing with things that my oldest does, and I certainly don't remember being 10 dealing with many of the things that the 10-year-old does. Yeah, I, I say I feel like I say it every week on my show, but a really good rule of thumb always is to add four. Every parent had four years to their child's age, and and that's really what it was like for us when we grew up. So if he's 10 today, then it was like you and I being 14. And they're exposed to a whole new world, but emotionally, they are still at the same spot. So even though these kids dress different, act different, uh, are exposed to different things with games and movies and, and the Internet and social media or whatever, they are not fully capable of handling it. So that's, I think, what throws a lot of parents off is that kids grow up with a lot more privilege or ability to see and do things. And that doesn't mean get things. It just means that they see a different world today than you and I saw when we grew up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know with our two, 
they're different and you can see there's similarities, but they're also such radically different personalities. We've been blessed with our older one uh, with his personality quirks for good and better and worse. And he's managed, I think, dodge and avoid some <laughs> peer pressure type things. He's mm-hmm. not a natural athlete. So he's not even drawn into kind of those circles where my younger one is the natural athlete. So he's uh, at 10, he has that sort of sports pressure on him and, and his, his own internal drive to excel in that area. So it's, um, what a great, okay, Michael, you, I've yeah. got to stop here. Cause that leads me perfectly into the next. You've got two <laughs> boys. They have two completely different, you know, and so much of the time I see it to where the one who's not the natural athlete would love to be the athlete. And the one who's just naturally gifted, ah, well, you know, take it or leave it i don't know if that's yours but i wonder how it is to juggle those two and let them have their own you know gifts and talents and and do they struggle between each other with that or not that's that's a great way to phrase it tom it is a challenge it really is because we and we as parents of course have our own personal interests and sometimes you have to kind of stifle those a little bit if your kid picks a sport that he didn't particularly grow up liking or enjoy, but you know, okay, he likes that and he's good at it. That um, with R two, our myself an athlete at first proved not to be the case, and he does. He's got a three-year younger sibling who's a fantastic athlete. God's blessed him with a natural athletic ability, and I, I, we do have to kind of keep a sensitive eye and heart on that because while we're enjoying the younger one who's excelling in that area, the older one's kind of been crushed a little bit by that. And he has other areas where he is, is phenomenal and excels, but it's not in athletics. So uh, we, we try hard to keep that balanced and make sure that we have equal enthusiasm when we're cheering for the younger one and he's, you know, rocking the soccer field and doing well. And the, and the other one's sort of kind of sitting there kind of like, well, you can see it in his head sometimes. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, so that that is tough, but at the same time, we have to try to make sure we put emphasis on he's excelling at to balance that out. He's doing really well in his scout career, for example, and so we have to make a point of making sure we're him and that in, in the areas that he wants to excel in. But it, it's a, it is a tough balance; it really is. Okay, so here's the dad question, because I love getting dads on the air, because they're, you know, many times either seen as the guys who are in the the backlight or as these, you know, rough and tough dads. As a dad, what is it you feel like you wish you could, like, remove from your son's life so it would make it better or maybe add to their life? to make it better like what if you have the power as a dad you're watching them every day and i know that us dads sometimes if they're not this or they're not that or i wish they could just be this or i wish they just weren't that like what would you add or take away that you feel like would change their life <clears throat> that's a tough question uh I, do you want me to give how about if i give you mine because I, I think of my boys and you know my boys, they're almost 13 yeah. and 10. And I, I would take, if I could do anything, I would take away the pressure to have to fit in and to have to be something that they might not be. That old first and second grade wonderful time 
of everybody is at a party together, everybody loves everybody, everybody plays on the playground together. And I remember them playing Red Rover, Red Rover at school. And all of a sudden, now at middle school, it starts to change. I wish I could take away the pressure to have to be something that they're not. That's mine. Um, yeah, I can, I can see that. Ours, I... One of my big, I'm not sure if this directly relates, Tom, one of my biggest desires, I, I wish, I mean, they're brothers, they're siblings. Again, the sibling dynamic is a little bit lost on me, but I wish my older had a little more empathy for the younger, and they they get along, but I, I just wish that was sort of a stronger bond. I, I admire those families yeah. where the kids all seem to be just, you know, they love being around each other, even the older one, the younger one. Ours, like I said, they're they're not... It's not that they, they hate being around each other, but they they get on each other's nerves a lot. I guess that's fairly normal, but I wish they would have a, a closer bond. And I may have a bit of a utopianistic view of that, not having a sibling, right? <laughs> what I, I fantasize that siblings get along with each other alike. So I wish that, as far as them individually and pressures, I would... My older one seems to handle pressure fairly well. I wish he would kind of... Get a little more self-confidence. I could I mean, any kind of gift of that. Just self-confidence, trusting himself more. Uh, got some good natural leadership skills, just but just, just trust that. And the younger mm-hmm. one, probably a little more empathetic with other people. Would probably be the. If I could give them two gifts, mm-hmm. I think that would be it. I'm not sure if that directly answers your question or not. Okay, so the last – no, it's good. I mean, because everybody has something different, and I do think, Michael, that dads have different responses than moms do, and I think dads many times – the standard picture of dads is that they're rough and tough, and, and it's about athletic ability or power or strength or being you know, the smartest or the first in their class or always winning, and we have to kind of step away a little bit from that. Um, and I have to usually soften dad and then also teach moms kind of what they should and shouldn't step into because moms struggle with the whole sibling thing with brothers. Like when do, when do we stop them fighting and when is it actually normal fighting? You know, this is what they do. It was I realized I had to dramatically change and I only came to this realization a couple of years ago. I handled that had to handle them differently. I mean, obviously, they're different personalities, but my normal approach for one of them was not going well for the other, and that that helped a lot at our house. Once I realized, okay, I can't discipline to tone of voice is different with with each of them just because of their personalities. One are more sensitive right. than the other one, and what works on the older one does not work on the younger one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good points. Okay, Michael, before we let you go for today, tell any of the young parents out there that are just starting out with boys any bit of wisdom that you've got that you think might actually help them out. Um, I'm a firm believer, as is my wife, that uh, we you need to be their parent more than their friend. That'll come with Dennis Prager has a great expression of my job is to raise a kid that I want to be friends with when he's 30. And mm-hmm. I always found that to be interesting. 
don't don't hide from parenting. Don't be afraid to parent. You are their parent. That's our job. It's not always necessary. That's our job. Another thing is, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed, and my, my wife and I are on the same page. You know, 90 percent of the time, when we're not, we support each other, and then we'll, you know, privately go off and go, okay, well, I don't approve mm-hmm. that, but here's why. Each other up and yeah, they'll take a run over the other one every now and then, and it it they're always shocked when they come back and ah, that's the same thing mom said. Well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, thanks so much for being on the show. Great pieces. Stay a family. Don't just be their friend. And you know what? I love the advice. Thanks for being on. Thank you, Tom. Shit. All right. Have a great day. That is Michael. We have gone from the mother of a 17-year-old to the father of 10- and 13-year-olds. I'm trying to cover the gamut today so you all can get a whole feel, different ages of raising boys. We're going to move on now to Katie, who has younger children, and get a feel for what it's like to raise them, like, from the beginning. Katie, you there? Hi, Tom. All right. Tell everybody out there, welcome, first of all. Thanks for being on. And tell everybody... The makeup of your family. Well, thanks for having me. Um, we have a very energetic and mischievous three-year-old little boy, and we have a little girl who's one and a half. She's uh, quite vocal, even though she can't talk yet, and we're also pregnant. <laughs> oh, wow, and you don't know what this pregnancy is bringing you, do you, yet? It's bringing me fatigue, <laughs> but we don't know if it's a boy or girl. Okay, you've got young ones. Now, Katie, perfect chance to talk about the very first, I always think it's interesting, the descriptions we use for our children because when you say energetic, you've obviously (laughs) got some challenges with a boy. He's first, right? So um, what do you think is toughest? You know, when I talk to mops groups and young parents today, it's just relentless. I mean, raising young children is just nonstop, and it's like there's no breather. So what is the biggest challenge for you with a boy versus a girl? You've got one of each down there at the, at the beginning. Yes, well, you described it perfectly. And um, being three, he is still needing a lot of attention from me all the time. And so um, just keeping him engaged and channeling his energy and keeping him stimulated is really what he needs, and that requires being on all the time. Um, And also he's developing his character and finding out who he is, so it's really particularly draining for me anyhow to stay on top of uh, correcting on the behavior and explaining everything because he's always asking why. So Mm -hmm. it's quite a challenge. Okay, so did you grow up with boys in your home? I had a younger brother, and he was also very energetic. He was hyperactive, so <laughs> I've had a taste of it before. So, so is any of this a reminder? Like, is this on because you're on the parenting end now? Is it yeah. is it one that I wonder for parents sometimes how much what we grew up with dictates how we actually parent ourselves? But what is it? What is it in a boy that's different than how you would feel like you'd work with your daughter? 
Well, my son and daughter are completely different, and I would guess that that's the case with a lot of parents who have boys and girls. And my son's needs, I feel like, to me it feels like a a higher level (laughs) of energy that he needs. And a lot of his um, behavior problems seem to come on days when I can't give him the energy that he needs or get him the exercise that he needs. And also teaching him to express himself and talk about what he's feeling. I suppose my daughter can't even talk yet, but I know what she's feeling all the time because she will scream and cry when something upsets her. My son might not say anything, but a couple minutes later he might be hitting someone. Or, so I have to come alongside him and say, you know, what were you feeling when you when you broke that? And so that's, I think maybe that has to be taught a little bit more with boys who want to act out their feelings instead of screaming them out and talking, you know. You know, what a great point you make because so often, and people, I think it's really big to know this, that boys will do that. They will actually act out their feelings more in probably an aggressive way or a destructive way, and it's not always that they're trying to be bad. It's just the only way they know how to get it out of their body, and I think it's okay and that sometimes girls will, they, they might act out, but they also might learn um, how to act it out in a more, uh, I want to show you what I need, or that it will be a little bit softer, a little bit more nurturing. Not always, but they might actually do it different. And the, the key that you mentioned is we have to know that every boy is not a boy the same. Every girl is not the same girl. And boys and girls in our same home, they aren't different because we're treating them different. They are different people, and so we have to adjust and adapt to who they are, you know? Yes, definitely. So, okay, when you listen to these other callers, you listen to people who have a little bit older uh, boys, what do you yes. think? Let's just go <laughs> Let's go 10 years. Let's go to teenage years. 10 years from now, 2024, Lord knows what the world's going to bring. So what do you think the challenge is going to be when you actually have these teenagers? Um, well, I worry about my son uh, growing up with a very strong will, but would not with a lot of self-control. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, he's, my parents used to always tell me when I was little, God created you with a strong will, and you can use that. You can choose to use that for good, or you can use it for bad. So with all the pressures that, you know, my son Elijah is going to face with social media and all kinds of girls and sports and everything. I feel like the one thing that would serve him best in any area of pressure that he faces is if he has a good grip on himself and self-control mm-hmm. and he can use his strong will for good in those circumstances. So I don't know if that was very clear, but that's yeah, the thing so I worry much- about. <laughs> And so much of that comes, I try to tell parents, and Michael was talking about it as far as, um, and same with Robin, influence goes, I try to tell parents that if they don't get the modeling from us, uh, they will get it from other people. And so many times it comes to their peer groups or the people they're around. And the more consistency we have at home, like Michael was saying, not being their friend but being their parent. That doesn't mean being their dictator. It doesn't mean being their warden from the prison. And it doesn't mean being their friend. We have to find 
the place where they respect our authority and they understand our position in the home, but they also have a voice. And that's where I think today drop off a little bit is that children sometimes have either too much of a voice, which means they control mm-hmm. too much, or they mm-hmm. have no voice. And so they yes. get kind of shunned and shut down and they're not able to express. And I always say that's what family meetings are for. That's what consistent time, you know, for us, we'll have Sunday afternoon, a family day after church. It's just us, and we try to, wherever we go, whether it's a mall or a birthday party, we all go together. Uh, we have uh, Sunday night dessert in our home where we all gather for dessert every Sunday night. We have um, times where we do family meetings throughout the week, and anybody can call it at any time. What we just have a rule of in our home is just nothing that's personally offensive which is hard to do with an almost 10- and 13-year-old in the home (laughs) because everything's personal and offensive. You have to create consistency, though. And, you know, seeing the world, Katie, the way that you do, what do you think? I know that Robin mentioned um, she was kind of talking about social media on the first guest and having a 17-year-old, and and if she was going to change anything going backwards, it would be to really monitor the amount of time that her son had on screens or iPods or phones or computers or video games, you know, just the whole screen time thing. Where does that sit with you? I would agree with her completely. And I I think that is the the involved piece of parenting that you're talking about, that we need to be involved with our kids and guiding them and being a firm, consistent presence in their life and and also at the same time listening and to us about anything. You know, one of the things that I didn't mention with the other parents, I'm going to bring up a few, Katie. You may not be there. You're not there yet, but you will be. I wonder with girls versus boys, like if you can tell a difference with your girl versus your boy just from the look of the bathroom, because sometimes I think boys (laughs) cannot, cannot aim. They can't clean. They can't. They're just cavemen, and we just keep like, I went in my son's restroom yesterday. He's not going to like me for saying it, but I'm telling you, it was my younger son. I just can't believe it. I just don't, I don't know what happened in there. And so <laughs> do, you see, do you see any difference with just the way they keep themselves? I was going to ask the older boy parents, too. The, just the way they keep themselves, the hygiene, the way they care about themselves. Do you worry about that at all? I mean, is that something that's a biggie for you or not? I think we're not quite there yet, but I, I get what you're saying, and I am seeing it some with how they play with things. Um, when my son plays with things, he, it's not really – he never uses them for their intended purpose. It's, you know, it's finding some way to create destruction or havoc. Mm-hmm. And when my daughter plays with something – she's carrying her baby doll around and pushing it in her stroller or she's trying on clothes already, even though she's only one and a half. So, um, yeah, I could see that translating into hygiene issues when they get older, for sure. Okay, but it's just maybe it's because I'm living right in the middle of it and I think, man, and then you get to teenage years, and I know all teenagers just keep horrendously messy rooms and that's all good and stuff, but there is that point from like I'd say 10 to 13 where this hygiene thing takes over and nobody bathes ever. 
Well, and it's, it's one like extreme it. or the other. Like, I remember my brother not wanting to brush his teeth or bathe, but then he uh, would go spray on some Axe cologne, you know, like way too heavy. <laughs> like, okay. All right. I think that, that might be part of the problem in today's world also with technology. <clears throat> Doors being open 24-7. We don't worry about thinking ahead with shopping. We don't worry about having to get a hold of somebody because everybody has a cell phone. You know, we had to think a lot more in the old days, but you're right. Now they've got Axe and they've got all these body sprays. Didn't have that 20 years ago where you had to really think ahead about your body before you went somewhere. So let me ask you this, though. Raising children in today's generation, I'm going to list these out and you might have more, but tell me what you think the most challenging is going to be when it comes to peer pressure, sports, performance, whether it's talents and abilities with you know, gymnastics or guitar or other things, drugs and alcohol, the way they look and appear to the world, uh, social media, the faith that they have, and whether that's kind of cool or not cool, what do you think is going to hit children, your, let's just say your son, because I want to talk about men, as he grows up into a teenager, what's going to hit him the most that you see, like in looking at people that you're around who have older boys, like what scares you most about 10 years from now with that? Um. Well, honestly, I I worry about uh, just how how he's going to view women when he gets older and having a healthy respect Mm -hmm. with all the media and everything that's out there. So I want him to grow up to know how to treat a lady and to respect women. And I think that can can be difficult with all the uh, we we see in Hollywood and, and social media now. It's not just Hollywood anymore. Okay, so let me ask you this then. That leads right into girls and the way that girls present themselves today, the way yes. that they let themselves appear, the standards. Uh, hello, Miley Cyrus have gone completely downhill. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes, poor thing. Yes, it's, it's, it's on the other piece. I've got both, so I have to worry about both with my daughter and not wanting her to feel like she has to – wear a burqa or anything <laughs> that she has to cover everything i want her to be free uh and not carry a, a burden for being a girl but at the same time to help her realize to respect her her brothers and all the other guys out there if you want respect from men you need to act like a lady so unfortunately it seems to be a lost art these days okay well then let me ask you this what is acting like a man today as you see your son growing up what is that well what i see out there i don't really like but if you look for it and and if you learn to identify it and look for it uh, a gentleman you can find it because they're still out there but um so i you know i think we all know what a gentleman is when we see one (laughs) yeah well, I don't know because, you know, when middle school comes, Katie, that's the thing, is everything becomes about your appearance, about how cool you are, about how good you are, all of that stuff. Yeah. So, okay, I, let me shift gears for you about preschool because when you get into preschool with children, with boys, um, yeah. what do you see when you look at other children, other parents in comparing your boy to other people's? Comparing my son to other kids, well, I'm yeah, like, I, I see uh, all different personalities in the boys and girls, but um, 
I know my son is very energetic and he can be a bit aggressive and he, I mean, he almost got uh, suspended from school for biting this year. So (laughs) he's probably not like every kid in his class, but uh, he's definitely a handful. So, but I like to look at the positive side of that and just think what a, a, a vivacious personality he could have when he's older. So, if I if okay. I can help guide him now. No, it, it's good bits of advice because you're talking about good character. You're talking about good appearance. You're talking about, you know, being a, you know, a person of of good faith. It's good stuff. So I appreciate it all, Katie. Thanks so much for being on today. Good advice, especially for the young ones out there. Thanks so much, Tom. All right. Take care. Okay, You know, it's really funny to listen to and informative to listen to people who are, um, you know, all ages of raising boys. We've got one more guest today I'm going to close out the show with. It's Deanna. She is going to talk about her own experience with raising a son. Deanna, you there? I'm here. Okay. Tell everybody out there the makeup of your family so we can get ages and boys and girls and stuff, and then you got to tell me all about it. Um, my son's age is 15. I have 15. two girls as well. Yeah. Two girls. And they are 13. 13. Now, okay, a 15-year-old son. We had Robin on at the beginning of the show who was the mother of a 17-year-old son. And one of the things she said she would go back and do if she could was to monitor more carefully probably the amount of time that he had on screens like video games, phones, you know, iPods, all just all that stuff in this new generation. That was kind of sure. her her biggest piece. What has been your looking at a 15-year-old kind of just knock against the wall, uh, banging your head against the wall thing of the toughest thing to do, raising boys? Well, it, I mean, there's so many. There's the day-to-day things of boys just seem to have a more lackadaisy attitude than girls, you know, much a much slower pace, should I say. Um, def- definitely the video games seem to almost take over for them. And, you know, and I have to agree with, with the other caller that um, I, I think that that's something I could improve on is, is paying attention more to the screens. And it's more video games than I would say computer or phone or anything like that as far as it pertains to mine. But... Um, you know, I mean, I think that's probably it. Just um, other than that, some, somehow motivate them to get ready earlier, I guess, also. <laughs> that was what I was asking Katie before. Uh, you might be able to answer this. What is it about, when, what is the transition of hygiene for young men? Because a lot of parents sit here in my office all the time like they won't bathe, they won't brush their teeth. And and I always say it's like 10 to 13 or 14. It's that range of like, and then all of a sudden they hit it and they're okay. But what about you? Well, you know, <laughs> I wish I could have said it was 10 to 13. Um, you know, as, as as they grow older, um, you know, and their bodies change and, and everything and, and their skin changes, I, I think it has to become important to them. And until it becomes important to them, it doesn't matter how important it is to us. I think that's probably going to be um, something that, you know, once maybe a female becomes interested, maybe it will become important to him or <laughs> or, or other boys. You know, I'm not sure. But that's definitely a battle, I think, for all boys. I think girls are probably just a little bit more vain, and we care a little bit more. 
<laughs> okay, so tell, well, I'd also say, like we said a couple of times ago, girls can, can actually be meaner, and so they have to really stay on guard. But what about this? The thing you would take away or want to give to your son if you had the power that would just help out his life a lot. You know, the thing that that parent, that mom sits there and watches that I have to either just let him go through or, gosh, if I could just give him this in his life, he would, what do you feel as a mom? Gosh, that is a great question. Um, you know, I think all parents think our kids are so perfect and, 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 you know, I can't think of any one thing off the top of my head. I guess one thing that probably comes to mind is just I wish that I could give him the ability to stay connected and focused down the right path um, once he leaves our bubble. You know, I, I feel like we have him at home and uh, parents have all their kids at home under their arm, you know, and then once they leave, I think that's a worry for me is I wish that I could give him the ability to remember everything I've been, you know, saying to him all these years and, and just for him to have the confidence to stay focused and stay strong in his faith and, and in all the right doings. That, that's mm-hmm. what I wish I could give to him. Okay, so is that a battle from outside, like is today's world of raising a teenage son, 15? Is there, is there more of a, a battle or an enemy out there coming at him, or is it more from the 15-year-old going outward? You know, I, I feel like it's not, there's not necessarily a battle that, that, that there's a conflict with. I think it's just the, the sheer nature of growing up in today's world with television encouraging them to have such mature behavior. Um, I see it with um, other kids that I'm around, and it's not that it's something that he lacks or it's just something I could see could be, a, could be weak in, in boys, say, not even so much 13, but more like 14, 15, 16, 17, to become weak to what society really is pushing you to do, which is to become mature and and enter into things really before you're ready. They think they're ready, but as parents, looking back, we know they're not ready. So just, just having to deal with the pressures, I think, of the outside. Okay, so Deanna, with one minute left in the show, we are winding down. You get to give the final bit of advice on what moms of boys or parents of boys could benefit from one bit of advice that you think will change their raising their son, whether they're two or even 22? Tell them. Mm, that's, that's tough, Tom. I would say um, find a great therapist <laughs> who can help you with your boy <laughs> during the years that they begin to pull away because those are very tough for mothers. That is so good, I, not just because I am one, but to, <laughs> to realize in anything, whether it's our physical health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, it is good to have leaders or professionals or experts or people who know more than we do to bounce yes. ideas off of. Even like Robin said at the beginning, having a peer support group of friends and families that we trust, that we can talk about things with, all of that is so good, Deanna, that... Thank you so much for that. What a perfect way to close Absolutely. the show. Deanna, thanks for being Absolutely. on. Thank you, I'm Tom. I'm getting you back on, girl. One of these days, you're coming back. That sounds good. Thank you, Deanna. Thank you. Thank you. And we are at the end 
of our show. Believe it or not, people, another show has wound down. I want you all to go to the Play Store today. If you have an Android phone, and search Tom Stevens and download the app for the practice. It's unbelievable. I want to thank you all for being on. Next Monday, we're talking about summer and how to make it fun. And the Monday after that, on the 30th of June, we are on the 23rd of June, we're going to talk about social media from a teenager's perspective. Go to TomStevens.us for the website, and tune in next week, 1030 Monday. We'll see you then, everybody.